Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey, y'all. I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And we have lots of fun facts today. We do. We're dressed up for one. And you <laughs> have a haircut. And I got a haircut. Yes. Which was a long time coming. And yeah, it just feels so much better. My hair was way longer than you guys even know. <laughs> um, I have a few other fun facts, but Amanda, why don't you tell us one of, one of yours? Um, let's see. <clears throat> well, I am Little Red Riding Hood tonight. This is actually repurposed from an old Handmaid's Tale costume I had a couple years ago. Blessed uh, be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. May the Lord open. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022, am I right? <laughs> Anyways, I also got these crystals ah! to ward ah! me, to, to give me protection from... Oh, yes, hunty. What'd you get? The patriarchy. Just kidding. <clears throat> I got me some carnelian. Some carnel. <laughs> We got love carnelian. Oh my god. This audio, Santa, I just dropped two pebbles. Okay. And then also got me some moss agate. It matches my bracelet that I got last year, I think it was, in St. Augustine. I've never moss taken agate. it off. It's a good one. What do you know about it? Because I just, I just like the color. <laughs> um, it's actually really good for abundance, which... A lot of green stones are, it's kind of similar to citrine in that way. So for moss agate, it's a stone of new beginnings, refreshes the soul and enables you to see the beauty in all you behold, attract abundance of wealth and improves your self-esteem. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So I got a moss agate as well um, from King Murphy Stones when I- I actually, on this past Saturday, um, I worked a festival with Valerie for Mm -hmm. King Murphy Stones. The festival was called Good Vibes Fest, and that was in Nashville. It was really, really fun. It was kind of like a low-key festival, and there were a lot of different people selling um, their wares, you know. And yeah, we had a good little crystal day. And Valerie let me get multiple crystals this time. So this oh is my God. moss agate. It's a very light one. And this is flower agate. Ooh, I've always wondered how they carve those crystals without them being destroyed. Well, this one actually is a little bit uh, broken. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm, she is. And I'll tell you a little bit about flower agate if you want to know. I would love to know. Flower agate helps you blossom and reach your potential, protects you from your own fear or self-doubt, aids in manifesting one's dreams. <gasps> so this was a great stone for me to choose. Good thing you're Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm the one causing the nightmares. These stabby dreams. And this is mahogany obsidian. 
What? And so it's another version of obsidian. So it's a, it is a protective stone and a grounding stone as well. It cleanses and purifies the body and aura. <laughs> Excuse me, I have some body aura right now. <laughs> Keeps you safe and grounded from physical attacks and helps you. I'm sorry. I got hung up on body aura. <laughs> sorry. Physical attacks, like when you're sleeping? No, just like if someone tries to hurt you mm. um, and helps you to focus on the abundance you have and not what you want. Mm. And last but not least, Crystal Xanax, which <gasps> is called Lipidolite. And mm. it basically just calms you. It helps you, helps you be calm, not quick to anger, especially if you're a person who is quick to anger, like myself. Um, <laughs> it really helps me like pull the reins on the reactions. Got and it. I, I've, I've had it with me at work, like ever since I got it and it's made a big diff. I put it in my right pocket and then in my left pocket, I have snowflake obsidian, citrine, carnelian, and smoky quartz. Nice. Can you show me the Xanax again up close because it looks like amethyst at first pass. Yeah, it, it it does kind of look like amethyst, but this one has marbling. I see more marbling going on. Mm -hmm. um, and amethyst is a bit more druzy, as they say, druzy. and has has more like sparkle and geode kind of vibes. But yeah, it. all of these crystals look. Um, a lot better to the naked eye. I know mm -hmm. it's a little grainy in here because it's low light, so it's hard to see the detail. But, yeah, those are some great crystals. Um, and, of course, I have my Apopolites. I love that so much. I bet it's really pretty in the my sun. My baby. So pretty. And then the other fun fact that I want to talk about is – um, today, as we're recording, it's October 20th, which means tonight at midnight, Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights, will be available for me to listen to. And I've been looking forward to that for literally the last two months since she announced it. And so that's what I'm going to be doing tonight, um, is cool. listening to Midnights. And I know lots of other people will be too. And yeah. That's how I felt when Muse's album dropped, the most recent one. I keep it in my car banging, bangling. Do you think this album of hers is going to be sappy or more dancey vibes? I think it's going to be both. I think there's going to be some like bangers and I think there's going to be some sad girl hours uh, for sure. Sad girl corner. <laughs> and I cannot wait. Um, the only thing is like, I hate that I it's coming out at midnight, so I can't like blast it when I listen to it for the first time. But I definitely can't wait to listen to it in my car with those Bose speakers. Oh, the bass fancy. is going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to slap so When the hard. beat drops, it's over for you, hoes. In the Nissan Altima. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely in the, just so you know, Amanda, in the haunted happy hour, I am going to be like, who's a Swifty? Because I bet there will be some 
in there. Probably. She's very popular. That will be standing with me. I'll Um, admit I'm not a Swifty, but I respect respect the fandom. I just literally have no choice but to stand because it's like sunken cost fallacy. I've been at this for 15 years, you know? So like... (laughs) Like, I literally, like, don't – no, I can't. Can't quit now. I can't. <laughs> 15 years down the drain. Yep, <laughs> I, 15 years. It's but also, she's years. a great songwriter, so. Pop your head over so you can show off Laura's beating art. <gasps> oh, fun fact number 50. Laura's beating art Yay. print – um, of my dreams is hanging in the stew and it's a little crook. There she is. Beautiful. She's not crook anymore. And she fits so nicely. She does. She does. Yes. I want to put more, I want this like whole all around, like basically every bit of negative space to just have art on it so heck yeah can't wait oh Santa I forgot to tell you um where I got these crystals I wanted to shout them out last time and I forgot oh yeah um they're called blue frog imports it's www.bluefrogimports.biz folks there are really nice they're here in Georgia and they do yard art pottery incense and literally all the funky stuff so anytime you want to come visit me I'm taking you there. Yes, I want to go. I'll take you there. Yep, let's do it. I want to go to all the crystal shops, all the oddity shops, um, all the haunted museums. Oh my gosh. Cursed objects, things like that. Cursed objects, eh? Yeah. Do I sense a theme? Yes. On today's episode of Shocktober, also, I believe our final episode of Shocktober, Tear, mm-hmm. um, our theme <laughs> today is Cursed Objects. Woo-hoo. So Amanda and I will be just kind of telling each other about some cursed objects that we studied up on. Woo-hoo. And we don't know what each other's stories are going to be. Sure don't. What will my cursed objects be? What will Amanda's cursed objects be it's a mystery more on that at 11 more on that (laughs) very soon oh hey before i forget we have a sponsor hey are you haunted by your tone deaf past does your singing sometimes wake the dead well have we got a solution for you virtue academy offers online one-on-one music lessons and your first lesson is 50 percent off during the halloween sale to claim your offer, visit virtue.academy slash shook. That's virtue, V-I-R-T-U dot academy slash shook. Um, so I will go first. Yes, um, what had you shook? <laughs> <laughs> to tell you guys what had me shook. And of course, one thing about me, ghost book. The ghost book that I read um, for this episode is actually titled Cursed Objects, and it's written by J.W. Ocker. This is a book that was on my wish list on Amazon, honestly, since we conceived of the podcast, which was <laughs> last year. It was like forever ago. the end of last year when we actually like started developing the podcast, <sighs> and 
I remember just like looking at all these books that I wanted to order just to kind of have a starter stack. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, this was one of the very first ones I put on there and I've been, yeah, not ordering it, not ordering it. And then I finally ordered it. Um, and there's some really cool stuff in here that I didn't know about before. Um, I'm going to tell you about a few of them. Um, let's see. Where do I want to start? <laughs> First of all, you should know that the author of this book put a curse on this book. So that makes me a little bit scared. Um, but at the beginning of this book, he put a curse on the book that says to steal this book if you should try, it's by the throat you'll hang high, and ravens then will gather about to find your eyes and pull them out. And when you're screaming, oh, 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 remember, you deserved this woe. So basically, like, I didn't steal this book. <laughs> um, I purchased so it. <laughs> I did buy it, um, honestly, off of Amazon, which... They're not the most honest, so I don't know, but, like, I I paid. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to let y'all know about the curse on the book. And I will not be getting the punishment. So I think the first one that I want to tell you about that was interesting to me, um, I feel like this one's kind of popular. You might know about it. Um, it's the Black Aggie. Are you familiar with the Black Aggie? So I blank. didn't know, I didn't know what it was at first, but I have heard it mentioned a lot of times, Black Aggie, okay. but I just never knew what it was. Well, I'm excited because this is not ringing a bell. <laughs> this is, this is basically a haunted sculpture. So the Black Aggie is a sculpture, it's a memorial sculpture, um, that in the book it's referred to as a funerary sculpture. So like kind of like the gravestones you see um, mm -hmm. in cemeteries, the ones that are like really prominent. Um, so the black Aggie is located in Druid Ridge Cemetery in Pikesville, Maryland. So basically, the Black Aggie is a six-foot-tall bronze shrouded figure. She sits on a stone, her eyes are closed, and her hand lifts to rest beneath her chin. And basically, it's just like kind of creepy, kind of a creepy um, sculpture to have. And they say... Her eyes glow red at night, and that if you look into them, you'll go blind. It's giving ah. Medusa <gasps> vibes a little bit, like oh Medusa with a twist. They say that if a pregnant woman walks through her shadow, that woman will miscarry. They say that at night, the spirits of the cemetery gather around her. They say that if you sit on her lap, you'll die. Oh, they right. say if you stay overnight with her, you'll die. <laughs> Sorry, I'm planning my funeral because I'm I can't resist this. <laughs> you about to go sit in her lap, aren't you? 
I'll have to You're show to you go. my shitty Medusa painting I did, by the way, later. You're about to go sit in her lap, look in her eyes, and have a sleeping bag at the foot of her statue. <laughs> I'll have the number eight combo, please. All of the above. And then I die. Birth control. <laughs> I'm not leaving that in. Actually, you can. Praise be. Blessed be the fruit. Yeah. Or don't. Or don't. So, the first instance of this Black Aggie statue causing problems was in 1962. Um, So, basically, her arm went missing, and it was found in the car of a local sheet metal worker who claimed that the statue had ripped it off herself one night and just handed it to him. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know, but that's that's pretty much the end of that. There's no more info on that part. But um, so a big reason why the um, Black Aggie has been considered to be cursed is because it is a ripoff of another. It is like an exact replica ripoff of another statue that was made in honor of someone. And so basically Henry Adams, who's a member of the Adams family, like the presidents, John Adams and Oh, different Adams. And others. Family. He's part of that family. Got it. Um, Henry Adams returned home one day in December of 1885 to find his wife of more than a decade, Marion Clover Adams, dead on the floor. <gasps> Here I go again. She had ingested potassium cyanide, a chemical. (laughs) Anna, it's giving cry for help. (laughs) It's giving cry for help. It's so bad. Okay, so she drank the Kool Aid. I have a bunch. I have other cursed things. I'm gonna say this isn't my only curse. So okay, good. Thank God. It's not gonna be just like oh suicide again, but it is kind of like that. <laughs> FYI, we are not making light of suicide ever. We ourselves have had issues with that in different ways. So, yeah, I just feel like we can laugh about it. It's fine. We we can cuz you're like, "Here we go." <laughs> Hold on. While while we're collecting ourselves, I'm grabbing this shitty painting I did. Mm-hmm. I was just goofing off. I was in a silly goofy mood and I new boot like, goofing. New boot goofing. I was like, I, I said, I'm going to draw Medusa because I'm in a mood. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to the cyanide. I've been having like a 10 minute long coughing attack ever since that. It's what I get for laughing. So um, Henry Adams returned home one day in December of 1885 to find his wife of more than a decade Marion Clover Adams, dead on the floor. (gasps) She had ingested potassium cyanide, a chemical that she normally used to develop her photographs. It's very fucked up. Yeah. Nobody knows why she killed herself. If there was a suicide note left behind, her husband destroyed it. So Henry Adams hired a famous sculptor, named Augustus St. Gaudens to create a work of art to memorialize his wife that could be placed above her grave in Rock Creek Cemetery in Washington, D.C. 
The sculpture didn't have a name, but folks who saw it called it grief and proclaimed it to be one of the most profound expressions of mourning and loss in the funerary art genre. So it became this like very famous work of art. Um, and the sculptor was celebrated for having created it. So basically, um, in 1907 is when the black Aggie was made ripping off that statue. So the black Aggie was sculpted by Edward Posh and this one was actually commissioned by someone who hadn't even died yet uh, for his family plot. Um, it was commissioned by Felix Agnes, um, a French-born Civil War veteran and newspaper publisher in Baltimore. <clears throat> so he had like a family uh, cemetery plot area. And he just wanted to go ahead and have that made. Go ahead and have that made up. I'm going to make a reservation for my death. <clears throat> he made a re he went ahead and made a reservation um so that he could have something nice. <laughs> and so basically it got made and then Agnes um had it put up in the family plot in Druid Ridge Cemetery in Maryland. Um about 35 miles from the place where the Adams Memorial is. Um and then the widow of the widow of the original sculptor, the sculptor of the Adams statue, mm -hmm. was outraged by the unauthorized copy of her husband's statue and threatened legal action. Ah. She threatened legal action. She said, cease and desist. Cease. <laughs> but Agnes refused to remove the statue. Imagine just like literally that being the hill that you're going to die on. Like, yeah. Stolen intellectual property. Mm. Literally mm. the hill you die it's on. Giving nothing. I hate it. Yeah. And so in 1925, um, Felix Agnes, who commissioned the sculpture, um, died and was buried under his bootleg sculpture. <laughs> wow. But instead of becoming a renowned work of art like the original, it became the dark shadow of the Adams Memorial. Mm. The Jekyll to its hide. <laughs> <laughs> she became one of Maryland's most prominent cursed objects, a gravestone. And so basically it just it just was very much like frowned upon the whole situation. Like no, nobody was taking it serious. Nobody was like, oh, that's nice. They were like, mm -hmm. that's tacky. <laughs> and so in 1967, the Black Aggie was removed from the cemetery. The Agnes family donated it to the Smithsonian, the curators of which didn't even want to display it because it was a knockoff. Oh, my God. So they just it like. It's on clearance. <laughs> so they just like. They literally just put it in the basement. They didn't want to show it. They were like, this is embarrassing. That's really <laughs> embarrassing. So they put her in the basement. They were like, mm-mm. Ain't nobody going to pay to come see this. <laughs> so <laughs> they put her in the basement, um, and 
Nobody saw her for a while. And then three years later, the Smithsonian Museum received an authorized casting of the original Adams Memorial. Mm. Um, and so they put that in the museum instead. So it's not even like a real statue. It's oh the casting God. of the original statue. That and is... they were willing they were willing to showcase that over the knockoff. That is hilarious. Any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 1987, the General Services Administration asked for the statue because they thought she would make a great garden gnome. Petty. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Petty, shady. They really thought they were funny doing that. I hate it. That's awful. So they they were like, well, let's just somebody... I'm sure they need to get that out of the, they don't have room for that in the basement. Like they got to get rid of it. Let's just do something with it. (laughs) Um, So the GSA installed the statue in the courtyard of the Howard T. Markey National Courts Building on Lafayette Square at 717 Madison Place Northwest. And so you can go uh, and visit this statue um, at that location, I just gave you the address. Um, and literally 500 feet from the Black Aggie statue where it currently sits as a garden gnome is the original site of the Adams house where Clover Adams killed herself. So Dang. it's just like a weird, yeah. it's a weird thing because like the the knockoff is like, Basically, right on the property. So bizarre. Where Clover, who the original statue was made in memorial of, died. So. That's. That's a recipe for something. It's a and recipe. It ain't good. And also, like, there's another statue that I'm not going to get. I'm not going to go into detail about this statue, but it's called the Black Angel. And. This one exists in Oakland Cemetery in Iowa City, Iowa, and it kind of has a similar, like, similar superstitions about it. Um, Like, with that statue, it says that if a pregnant woman is around it, she'll miscarry and, and things like that. And there's some deaths associated with it as well. Uh, So it's kind of crazy. And then, let's see, there's another haunted gravestone one, but I don't want to just, like, keep talking about gravestones. So I'm going to actually talk now about a different cursed object real quick. And this one is called the Dybbuk Box. Yes! I was hoping you would do this. Yes, and this was a (laughs) special request from Amanda and also I've always kind of wondered what it was because this is another one like the Black Aggie that I've seen like Mm -hmm. listed but never yeah actually like read about and so the Dybbuk box it's it's a whole thing first of all I have to tell you what a Dybbuk is so a Dybbuk is a part of Jewish folklore and a Dybbuk is basically 
the soul of a human, not necessarily starting out evil, but it becomes perverted, becomes tainted and poltergeisty Mm -hmm. maybe in the afterlife. And the name Dybbuk means to cling. And that's what it does. Oh, snap. Yes. um, Basically clings to the soul of a living person. um, If you come in contact with a Dybbuk. Um, And then usually like it's, it's said that if you stuff, if you stuff one into a box, that box becomes a cursed object. Of course, I don't know how one would go about tangibly stuffing a soul into a container, but I'd love to know. Um, maybe I'll find out one day. Wiki how? How do I get? <laughs> how do I fit this spirit in this in this it's Nike like shoe box that steps. I don't use anymore? 18 yeah. steps and like a lot of ingredients and a lot of emojis of people going, Hmm, <laughs> huh? <laughs> the confusion just written definitely all requires them. a sacrifice of some sort, <laughs> a blood sacrifice. Probably. Yep. So this particular Dybbuk box where a soul was stuffed, um, <clears throat> it was purchased by a man named Kevin Manis in 2001 at an estate sale. We love an estate sale king, okay, because estate sales are the best place to get, like, the coolest antique stuff um, or just anything that you might want. Like, I've gotten sweaters at estate sales. Mm -hmm. I've gotten little trinkets at estate sales, books. Um, (laughs) I get pots and pans there all the time and Pyrex, but – Kevin Manis found him a Dybbuk box, which, mm. of course, when he saw it, he didn't think, oh, I'm getting this creepy thing. Um, he thought, oh, this is a great antique because this Dybbuk box was actually like a wine uh, box. So the estate sale that Kevin Manis found the Dybbuk box in was for a Holocaust survivor by the way. So that ties to the Jewish um, folklore a little bit, you know? And the actual container that Kevin found was a portable wine cabinet that the woman who died had bought in Spain. It had two doors carved with clusters of grapes, large hinges, and a small drawer at the bottom. It was made so that when one door was opened, so did the other and the drawer as well. A Jewish prayer was engraved on the back of the box. Manus bought it. Back in his shop, Manus discovered that he didn't just get a box, but a box full of stuff. Inside were two wheat pennies from the 1920s, a lock of blonde hair, a lock of dark hair, a small granite statue engraved with the word shalom, a dried rosebud, a golden wine cup, and a cast iron holder with legs shaped like octopus tentacles. So it was definitely, he got, he got way more than he bargained for. He, he thought he was just getting a little wine cabinet and it just had all types of stuff in it. Bad things started happening 
after he got the box. His shop that he ran got trashed, and he started seeing shadowy forms, smelling ammonia, and having Mm -hmm. nightmares of a hag. No, thank you. Everyone he tried to give or sell the box to gave it back, including his mother, who suffered a stroke after he gifted it to her. Mm. Eventually, Manus put it together that the source of all this strangeness was the Dybbuk box. So, basically, since he couldn't give it away, he put it up on eBay. And so... We stand eBay. <laughs> yeah. He, he put it up on eBay, and he, ba- he basically told the truth, said haunted, and then he had, like, the long description of, like, how it had caused misfortune in his life. And he only sold it for $140. But still, he probably turned a profit because at the estate sale, he probably didn't pay more than like $15 or $20 for that. Oh, yeah. He snatched so, it up for sure. He still, he still got a profit. Um, and so the person who bought it um, was a college student in Missouri named Iosif Nitzke. After he bought the box and received it, he and his roommates began to experience various annoyances, such as having sudden allergy-like symptoms, detecting strange smells, struggling through extended periods of torpor, and noticing their electronic devices dying often. These strange happenings eventually escalated to hair loss and visions of dark, blurry things. So Nitska the new owner of the Dybbuk box did what anyone would do and turned to eBay to resell it. <laughs> <laughs> he posted it on eBay and he sold it for $280. So he turned a profit too. So smart. <laughs> That's a businessman yes. right there. Yes. He said, I'm not taking, I'm taking it for double what I paid for it. Whatever. so the person who bought it from Nitska for $280 was a man named Jason Haxton and he was the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine at A.T. Still University in Missouri Haxton claimed to have suffered various physical ills caused by the box as well as receiving a big physical boost Mm. He says that the box reversed the aging process for him, calling it his fountain of youth. Hmm. He kept it in an Akacha wood box lined with 24 karat gold. So he kept it enclosed, um, I guess, so that it, other people would be safe around it mm-hmm. and that he would be safe around it. But he seems to think that it was his fountain of youth as well. That's very strange. He ended up... Um, writing a book about his experiences with his Dybbuk box in 2011 and made a website for it. And he gave a lot of interviews about his experience having it as well. So the Dybbuk box reputation grew and its story was fictionalized as a 2012 horror movie called The Possession. So in 2017, Zach Bagans, star of Ghost Adventures. We love you, Zach. And yeah, um, he bought it for his haunted museum in Las Vegas and he paid $10,000 for it. Wow. But that's nothing to him. Let's be real. Yeah. I bet he, 
I bet he has paid a lot of money for the stuff he has because apparently he has a lot of like true crime artifacts as well. He literally has Charles Manson's ashes. And he might not have even had to pay much for those because Charles Manson didn't have family for the ashes to go to, I don't think. Or yeah, I don't think he did. They were just kind of in the ether. But yeah. um, he also has Ted Bundy's glasses. And he also has, he just has a lot of like really macabre, like um, true crime stuff in addition to like the cursed items mm-hmm. that we know he has. Um. So yeah, the Dybbuk box became the star of the Bagans Museum. And it's featured on the tickets as being like, it's top build at the museum. And yeah, so basically you can go to Zach Bagans Haunted Museum in Las Vegas and see the Dybbuk box for itself. It is protected, of course, in glass, so you mm-hmm. aren't going to breathe its air or anything. But Post Malone went, um, and he did have uh, an experience so Post Malone, after encountering the Dybbuk box, suffered a series of high-profile misfortunes, including an emergency landing in a plane, a car accident, and a burglary. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and then he he still says, he's like, that was not, Mm-mm. that was scary. That was scary. Um. So that's the Dybbuk box, and I just want to leave you with, from my (laughs) side of the road, um, to talk about a more lighthearted cursed object, Mm -hmm. and this is a cursed digital object known as chain emails. Oh, snap. (laughs) Forward this to 17 friends. Exactly 17, no more, no less. Or your dog will die. Yes, I stayed getting those. Um, In like 2003, 2004 is like really when I was getting them the most. Um, Well, no, I was getting them as soon as as soon as I had internet exposure, actually, like from like 2000. (laughs) Right. On the boxy computer. (laughs) Yeah. I got them all the time, but I I always thought they were like very creative about how they like use the characters to like make art. Yeah. (laughs) Within the, within the thing. And I really bought into it because I'm a very superstitious person. I always have been. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. I just wanted to like bring up the chain emails as like a curse. Ooh, all right. So if anybody is young enough to not know what a chain email is, consider yourself blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically email spam. It is. Of it's the worst spam. kind. I'm so glad you covered the Dybbuk box especially because – Actually, the first time I heard about the Dybbuk box was on Mr. Ballin's YouTube channel, and I'm a huge Mr. Ballin stan, and the way he told the story, I was just riveted by it, and then I looked into it more, and and doing research for my topic, I actually stumbled upon, were you watching Deadly Possessions by chance? No, I 
I haven't watched like any of the spinoffs really, except that oh. I did watch House Calls like a few episodes, but I haven't watched any of the Haunted Museum <clears throat> shows. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Well, I thought maybe you had because by complete happenstance, I realized today after I told you that I wanted to hear about the Dybbuk box that my cursed object is also on an episode of Deadly Possessions with the Dybbuk box. I had to watch for my story and my cursed object that had me shook this week is none other than Robert the Doll. and. I'm pretty sure it was our friend Amanda over at the Terrified Traveler Instagram account who uh, requested we do a haunted doll. Forgive me if I'm mistaken, but I'm almost positive it was Amanda. But I'll try to be brief. Uh, Robert the Doll, he resides in Key West, Florida, and he is at the Fort East Martello Museum, and prior to that, he belonged to a boy named Robert Eugene Otto, and he was a little boy who lived in Key West, Florida. He was from a well-to-do family, and his parents gave him this doll, allegedly after visiting Germany, the Otto side of the family, and they saw this doll, and he was wearing kind of like a jester outfit. And when they gave it to him, he was like four years old and he named him Robert after himself. And so his parents were a little confused by that, but he said, no, I'm Jean now. This is me now. I'm Jean. That's Robert. Okay. So from that point, things started to get a little bit weird. Uh, His parents would hear giggling and talking two different voices and whenever things would go awry in the household things would go missing he would say Robert did it it wasn't me and I should note that Robert was like over three feet tall he's a big chonky boy my size Barbie (laughs) my size terror (laughs) so (laughs) so he's like almost my height I'm just kidding I'm five four (laughs) don't get it twisted so he's like, yay high, wearing a sailor's outfit. And from, that sounds cute, right? No, look at his face. Look at his face. He's got dead eyes. And oh my God. I just realized I could get cursed saying all this stuff. I hope not. Ugh. Okay, anyways, moving on. So he's got dead eyes, dead beady black eyes. No real expression written on his face. He's just a plain, op- like opaque, yellowish, cream-colored doll and he's terrifying just looking at him right they got rid of all the jester gear and he just looks how he looks now so things would go awry in the house you blame it on robert the doll and his parents obviously didn't believe him they also had servants in the house and there's a belief they say that Robert the doll became cursed by one of the Bahamian servants by a vo- like a voodoo curse because there's a rumor allegedly Tom, I believe is his name, uh, Jean's dad hooked up with the servant, got her pregnant, she had a kid, and then the kid mysteriously passed away. Um, there is a psychic, psychic medium that's been to the house, and she said when she walked in the first time that she heard babies crying, and she felt the vibe of, you know, 
my baby got taken from me kind of vibes. Very sad vibes in the house. The house itself is haunted. That's kind of a separate story. But basically, Robert the Doll has caused terror to thousands of people, including a man named David Sloan, who is the author of the book called Robert the Doll. Um, (laughs) I'll get to what happened to him last, but don't let me forget, because what happened to him was kind of crazy. Eventually, Gene grows up. He moves away. He goes to Paris, where he meets his wife, Anne, and he tries to become... Uh, he doesn't try to become he does become an amazing artist and his wife Anne she's a pianist and together they move back to the states after they get married in France and they live in New York for a while but then the Great Depression happened so after that point Jean's parents passed away and because of the Great Depression all their money kind of dried up so they had no choice but to move back to the Key West home the the auto family home not to be confused with AutoZone. I don't know. <laughs> Auto home. Uh, Ow. So. Ow. <laughs> Auto home. Ow. Okay. <laughs> so. I should note that when he was a child, when Gene was a child, he was literally obsessed, fixated, ADHD fixation on this doll. He literally said, fuck all y'all to all his other toys. <laughs> like he literally threw away Woody and Buzz Lightyear. He said, fuck y'all. I'm getting me some Robert the doll. And his obsession was very strange. I don't know why he didn't take him to France, but he didn't. And when he came back to his family home, his wife and found the doll in storage and she was like uh what is this thing and he immediately is just like robert i've missed you come here so he, he cradles <laughs> my this my baby <laughs> so he just cradles this fucking almost four foot long doll and he says this is my first friend like back off <laughs> um i heard in one source that apparently he's he was so obsessed with his doll that he slept in the same room with him. Meanwhile, Anne slept in a different room. It's giving Lars and the real girl. <laughs> it's giving unhappy marriage or a bad mattress. So just a quick recap. Doll is cursed. They believe that. It was by a voodoo spell that was cast, and it's not only one spirit, but several spirits that inhabit this doll, or it could be a portal. So anybody who wants to go visit Robert the Doll in Key West, Florida is more than welcome. However, they have to follow several rules. I think there's four. So you have to say hello and be respectful. You have to ask for permission for any photographs of Robert. And a big important one, you have to say goodbye. Kind of like, you know, a Ouija board. And people who did not follow every single rule have reaped the consequences of this big time. There have been multiple car accidents, family deaths, pet deaths, immediate deaths by all kinds of crazy, weird circumstances, uh, injuries and fatalities and quick secession in people's lives um one of those people her name is bonnie and she actually appeared in the documentary that i watched that 
David Sloan, the author of Robert the Doll, also appears in, and she also appeared in the Cursed Objects episode that I watched um, from Zach Bagans. In the documentary, she actually goes up to the case, and she is shaking and crying, and she's like, Robert, we meet again. Well, it turns out she had a bunch of bad luck, including falling down the stairs of her boathouse, and she broke her back. She broke her back. Um, Robert's out here breaking up backs and marriages and... <laughs> breaking backs, marriages, and breaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, back to Bonnie. So the reason that she got cursed was she took a photo of Robert. She took what she calls an aura photo. Mm. A body aura. <laughs> And she was taking this with the camera and the person next to her was like, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm taking a picture. That's his aura. And she said, isn't he handsome? And it's implied that he said, yeah, for an ugly motherfucker. And she didn't shut it down. And she reaped the consequences. I don't know what happened to the fellow that was with her, but she got R.I.P. Um, some other things that have happened. Someone lost a toe in a lawnmower accident. I don't want to go see that doll. I'm too scared. And I'm actually honestly scared that because I said that he looks scary that I'm going to. And, and I didn't ask for permission to talk about him either. But it's not a picture. I would show you a picture, but I don't know if that's against the rules either. Oh, I have to tell you. Eventually... Gene, the artist, the owner of Robert the Doll, he became very successful with his art and he contributed a lot of the gallery pieces inside of this museum in Key West. And when he died and eventually his wife Anne passed away, um, the new owners passed away kind of suspiciously as well. The, The man who took the house, he died of carbon monoxide poisoning and then after he passed away his wife said i can't do this anymore she went to the museum and said here's the doll please take him it belonged to uh mr otto and she passed away just about three months after she returned it but the contingency when gene and his when gene died originally he told Anne, you know keep the doll and then when Anne died, she or when Anne left the house, she said the doll has to stay at the house because she did not want anybody to send it to her. So yeah, needless to say, this doll wreaks havoc. If you if you break any of those four rules I mentioned, you have to write a letter apologizing to Robert. And if you go to the museum, you'll see it's all along the the wall surrounding his glass enclosure and there's people who have taken video of him and it looks like maybe his foot may have moved. Um, there's uh, apparently some of the servants who lived in the house swore up and down that they saw the doll walking, things like that. The woman who owned the house after the autos passed away, she said that she had been attacked and that was when she, she had her last straw. She got like locked into another room. And when she finally got out, she saw Robert sitting in a chair where he wasn't sitting before. No, just, just weird kind of stuff like that. No. Um, but one of the weirder things 
is, uh, so this man that I mentioned, he's the author of the book Robert the Doll, David Sloan. I mentioned him earlier. He was writing the book about this guy, and he kept losing hard drives, which is so much fun, right? Not only was he losing the actual hard drives, but he would go to retrieve the files digitally, and files would just disappear. The files would just disappear. And obviously that's not scary, but what terrified him is that one night he he was sleeping in his bed, and eventually he became aware of the fact that he was no longer laying in his bed, and he was hovering. And he said, dear God, please, or something like that, and he fell to the floor like six feet off of his bed. So he literally levitated and fell off. So, oh, my God. So, yeah, let me just make sure I didn't forget any other things. I know Pepper's scratching at the door. Yes, I'll be muting that part of my audio. <laughs> you look so mad, too. You're like... <laughs> well, it just was upsetting because it does break my focus. So oh, I know does, I can yeah. mute my audio, but it still breaks my focus. It was and- fine. I was like... I could kind of hear myself talking, but the scratching, oh my goodness. It's I don't horrible. Know how you do it. Glad to know you're feeling better, Pep. I really am, actually, but we're not doing this. Oh. You must say goodbye to Robert the doll. And there was one woman who wrote a letter to Robert stating that She could have sworn she followed all the rules. She said, I said hello. I was respectful. I asked permission before I took a photo. I thought I followed all the rules. But she had terrible nightmares about Robert one night, and she woke up covered in welts and blisters. Oh, no. No. That's a no. And she didn't say goodbye? How? She didn't say goodbye. There How are, so- are people go into this place and not doing like the three things that are asked? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I know. And it's even written. It's on display. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention when, when the previous owner turned Robert into the museum, they didn't even put him on display for a while. He was just kind of hanging out in the back rooms of this, <laughs> of this museum. And, <laughs> Things started getting messed up. People were hearing things. People were hearing tapping noises. <laughs> so he was kept in the back rooms. <laughs> and eventually there was a ruckus. People were hearing tapping, giggling, like weird noises. Things were getting moved. It didn't make any sense. And so eventually they put him in a glass enclosure where he's there today. And at some point, his caretaker brought him to Zach Bagans over in Las Vegas and lost um, – and Zach Bagans actually said, may I please have a photo of Robert sitting in my lap? Mm-mm. And she did it. So I'd be curious. So Zach, if you're listening, I know you're not, but if you're listening, let us know how that went. Lots of really terrible things have happened to thousands of people because they did not follow these rules encountering Robert the doll. I actually had the pleasure of going to QS Florida a few years ago. And at the time I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that he was there. Cause you know, I would have been all over that. I would have been like, let me take a chance. But that was before I knew <laughs> all the tea. And now I don't think I will. I think I'll, uh, 
I think I'll stay here in Georgia and never go to Key West again. Just kidding. I'm glad you didn't go and I'm glad you didn't go in there. I Oof, would like to I, not. You know my ADHD, I would have I would have forgotten one of the four things. I would have maybe said something <laughs> I would have said something that was tongue in cheek and he didn't and he wouldn't have liked it. He would have been like, "Excuse me." <laughs> but I yeah, just so I don't want to run the risk of accidentally disrespecting any body or anything mm, right yeah it's a it's a force to be reckoned with and yeah so that's the tea on robert the doll and i guess to close the segment i will say goodbye to robert the doll um if we offended you in any way robert please do not hold it against us and do not come for me do not come for my cats do not come for my husband do not come for any of this do not come for my girl santa okay goodbye robert we love you okay goodbye one last goodbye so the there's one exciting thing i have to tell you about it won't take long you actually tagged me in this tiktok video and i got permission from the poster to talk about this yeah i have a second cursed object so her name's emily her username on tiktok is xxxx butterball xxxx she's really sweet and i like her a lot she posted a video on tiktok about how her family's got ties with this massive beautiful manor in an undisclosed location and there is a painting in this manner and for as long as she knows as long as she can remember nobody has liked this painting it's creeped people out skeeved them out big time and basically it's just a painting of a little child it's really creepy actually it's this little child looking down knitting and it is kind of unsettling even to look at it on tiktok so that should tell you something. It, it must have been given off these bad vibes. So one day someone noticed that the back of the painting had the paperback where people could hide things in the paintings. And here's the kicker. One day somebody cut it open and inside the painting was a Ouija board. Yeah. I want to say from like the 1800s, she said. I could be wrong. Pardon yeah, me, that's Emily. pretty crazy. Yeah, and it went missing. That's even crazier. No. One day it went missing. We don't know where it went. I'm going to put it on the back of a milk carton. No, I rebuke. No. <laughs> it's tainted. It's tainted. Um, But yeah, that's all I've got before we go. I do have a couple of shout outs that I wanted to make. There are some podcasts that we really love that I thought we should shout out, and I'm just going to run through them real quick. We love you guys. The following. Roll call. Speak of the Devil. Love you guys. The Dark Hour podcast. You guys are wonderful. We also have the Ghost Roast podcast. They're hilarious. Um, Shout out again to my Instagram friend, Amanda, Terrified Traveler. Um, I don't think she has a podcast, but I could be mistaken. Haunted Hermanas. Haunted Hermanas. They're really awesome, too. Um, love their content. We've got Creeps in the Crypt, and we've got... Oh, the Living Dead Girl podcast. They gave us a nice shout-out. That was really sweet. And also, of course, our friends, the Moth Boys. 
Of course. Of course. And if I forgot anyone, I'm so sorry. There will be more shout outs. Um, but on that note, we do have a Patreon account now. So we're going to be posting some exclusive content there. Um, thank you for, <laughs> we have to do shout outs for our patrons. Thank Yay. you to Emily and Catherine. They're our newest patrons over at Patreon. We appreciate you all. And uh, I guess that's all I've got. We've got to head out to our virtual haunted happy hour. Do you have any yes. parting words, Santa? Yes, uh, we actually are rushing to our first ever haunted happy hour. Um, and we're hoping to make that a Patreon exclusive going forward at least doing it like maybe once a month or something like that if that's something that you guys uh would be interested in participating in please do give us feedback yes um, if you want to do that or something else that's interactive like instagram lives or tiktok lives when we have a thousand followers or more <laughs> hey. and can um anything but yeah we gotta go i gotta go change into my costume okay for okay. the haunted happy hour Yay. So, love y'all. This was a great um, final Shocktober episode. Yes, thank you. We've really, have to really make... enjoyed the Shocktober. It's been a lot of fun. Of it it's all. been a lot of fun. I just realized I forgot a shout out. We can plug it in earlier, but another shout out to my friend Heather and to Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week. I had a good time working that earlier this week. Good times. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay Shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shook.com paranormalpod at gmail.com.